Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends uh, Cancer Support Radio. I am Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 25-year breast cancer survivor, certified life coach, and the author of Thriving Beyond Cancer. And I'm Becky Olson. I'm a five-time, 23-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker and author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Sharon and I are also the co-founders of Breast Friends. But before we get started, Sharon, that sunset last night in, in Portland, people were oh, seeing it. Oh, my goodness. It was the most magnificent sunset I have ever seen. And my husband was so inspired by it that he stopped on his way home from work. And he bought me a dozen um, beautiful yellow roses with orange tips and he called them sunset roses oh that was beautiful yeah and it's I mean it's just magnificent I was kind of laughing at our engineer Aaron this morning I said how you doing he goes oh it's I'm freezing and I said what's the temperature in Arizona and he says 72 (laughs) and I said well (laughs) flip those two numbers around and you got Portland (laughs) yeah isn't that the truth oh boy oh my goodness (laughs) so anyway You know, um, we kind of take turns doing our little inspirational moment, and I know it was my turn this time, and it was like so interesting when I come up with these ideas. I'm like, oh, okay, it's my turn. I'm. What am I going to talk about? But you know what? Last night, I was going through some uh, evaluations from uh, several of the retreats that I've done in the past, and you know, you ask uh, on, a, on a scale one to five, you know, how did you look? like this particular part of it or did it meet your expectations and all these things, right? The normal questions. And obviously we all love to hear how wonderful we are and how wonderful this thing that you put on was. But you know, the funny thing about feedback is it's really important to read between the lines and also to pay attention to the things that maybe you could have done a little better. And so I wanted to just talk a moment about feedback. And number one, giving feedback and also receiving feedback because sometimes receiving feedback isn't always, especially if it's not good. <laughs> it <laughs> and you can have tw- 200 good comments and that one exactly. is the one that you and focus yeah, on. And in on that, oh, you know, what did I do, <laughs> did wrong? So it's it's fascinating how the human spirit will do that. And, and again, how important giving honest, loving feedback, even if it is a little challenging at times, to the in the right situation. And I just wanted everybody to think about that because again, not everything is rosy, including your beautiful sunset roses, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but um I just wanted people to think about that because it made me think about that last night. So I wanted to share that. Well, thank you very much. That's that's Please. a good reminder. When you told me you were going to talk about feedback, I thought, okay, my interest is peaked. I have no idea what that's going to be about. But no, you're right. And, you know, we all get feedback at different times from, you know, different people and, and different situations. And our guest today is probably... 
I'm very familiar with the feedback process because she is a professional speaker, and I'm sure she gets feedback quite often. Um, But I have the joy of introducing her, and I'm so excited. Um, She is a humorist, she's a storyteller, and she's a breast cancer survivor, and her name is Anne Louise Sterry. She's been speaking for years on how she uses music, humor, and something that she refers to as audacious joy, and I can't wait to hear more about that. But she uses those three things to change her story to one of health and hope, and today we're going to learn what all that means and how we can do the same thing. So welcome, Aunt Louise, a.k.a. Aunt Lena. And we're going to hear about Aunt Lena, too. Good. <laughs> welcome to our show. Thank you very much, you guys. I'm so inspired to be here. And I have to say, I am a baby in the survivor world. You guys are amazing. I'm only one year out. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So I'm a new survivor a newbie yes a newbie (laughs) well you need to come to our survivor luncheon then because we do something very very special for our newbies so um that that'll happen in october and and louise you live near us you're you're here in the portland area so did you see that sunset last night no because i was in the nursery rocking one of the twins who was having my daughter has new twins and they're staying with us and it's very intense work i was rocking a screaming baby i think during Oh my gosh. Well, you, you got to go on, just go to Facebook and look at all your friends' pictures because everybody was posting face, you know, Facebook yeah. pictures last oh night. Oh my gosh. Okay. It was amazing. So, I think you have a good excuse, though. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's something about twins, especially screaming ones. Absolutely. Yes. Oh boy. Yeah. That's a handful. Well, and Louise, you know, there. I want to kind of jump right into this because we have quite a lot to talk about. But I can tell from reading about you that family is very important to you, and obviously, you're you're setting that by example. You've got your your baby twins living with you, and you do come from a large family. Tell us a bit about growing up, where you were raised, what was your family like, all those kinds of. Just so our audience can get to know you a little bit. I would love to tell you about that. So actually from New Jersey, northern New Jersey, which you might be able to tell by my very minimal accent. Oh, yeah, very. <laughs> uh, it just so Aunt Lena is, has a much stronger accent. And I am come from a big Italian-American family. My father's family came from Genoa. My mother's family from Naples. And I actually thought I was Italian before I knew I was American, even though I'm like third generation. And we had this enormous family and we just did, I mean, we ate spaghetti and meatballs and we sang lots of songs and we gathered together with the family in the summer and there was always food and love, not always a lot of, not a lot of money, but food and love. And it was a very, when I look back on it, I can see what a wonderful thing my parents did for us Mm, in the way they raised us. Yeah, and it was probably very loud too, wasn't it? Oh yes, my mother's fam- <laughs> oh yeah, my mother's family. So you know, I hate to make uh, generalizations, but the Southern Italians are generally noisier and louder than the Northern Italians. So my father's family was much quieter and more subdued. My mother's family, whoa, okay, we were like, <laughs> I yeah. <love> uh-huh. it. <laughs> Well, I have the pleasure of going to Sorrento and then down the the coast and we're going to um, Sicily for Mm -hmm. like a good week. So I'm really excited. That's in May. So Uh, well, Aunt Lena will give you some tips when she starts talking. Perfect. (laughs) I love it. All right. I can't wait to hear about that. You know, I've, I've been to Italy three times and I went one time with Sharon and we actually drove through Genoa and I had this 
thought we were going to stop and I was going to buy a big old thing of salami because I love, <laughs> love Genoa salami, but we never even stopped on the bus. Oh. It's like, whoa, oh. but it's a beautiful, beautiful country there. Oh my gosh. So yeah. And last time we were there, uh, my husband and I went and then Sharon joined us and we went to Naples for three days, oh, went down, they went partway down the Amalfi coast. And, you know, for anyone who's listening, that's never been to Italy, go to Italy. <laughs> yes. And we go, have more to go yes, again go. and go again. <laughs> go, yeah, go several times. And, yes. and and Louise, you and I share some some. Um, well, I don't know if we share DNA exactly, but I've got some Italian in me too. Um, yes, you yeah, like the so. singing part for sure. Uh, and I definitely, script, I'm like, yeah. oh, look at this. <laughs> I yeah, we have a, a few things here. in common. <laughs> when 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 I went to Naples the first time, I felt like I was home. There was all the stuff that my mother's relatives did and the way their apartments and their houses looked and the way they talked and the way they dressed. When I went to Naples, I was like, oh, oh, this is this is home. This is what I mean, I really had this visceral reaction. This is where this came from, yeah. this place. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. I kind of felt that way about Italy, too. I just... You know, it, it felt like home to me as well. And my husband and I loved it so much. We've often talked about retiring there. Ah. So it's it's just, uh, you know, it's an amazing, amazing country. Well, you know, you mentioned singing. So let's, let's. I'm going to ask you more about that. How, was it the family, all of that connection that brought singing, music, and storytelling to, to your life in such a big way? I mean, it's become a real passion for you, right? Yes, abs- it is my passion. Absolutely. And yes, my, my, so my father's family, when we got together, grandma and grandpa and his brothers and family, they used to just sing after dinner. Like they had, they didn't play instruments or they just, you know, they're sitting in a circle and they're drinking in those days. It would have been um, highballs. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody recognizes that, but they drank highballs, which I don't even know what that was, but, um, and they would just sing and they sang old, old songs and nobody, and they sang in harmony. And as kids, we just sort of played around and heard that and, and we learned all those old songs. And then my, and my father would sing to us when we were, when we were little. And then my, we lived near New York City, uh, right across the George Washington Bridge. And my mother wanted us to be cultured, which I, we used to tease her about, but now I am so grateful. And they took us to almost every Broadway show, musical. Oh, my gosh. At the time. So, you know, we grew up singing the songs from My Fair Lady and The Sound of right. Music and oh, West Side, all that stuff. I wanted to be in The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. knew that I could be, what was her name, you know, I knew it. And we used to sing those songs when we did the dishes and we we tried all that. But my mother and father didn't, I guess as one of five children, the second oldest, my mother and father didn't really feel like taking me over to New York City, <laughs> you know, New York City to audition <laughs> was going to be a thing. But <laughs> I just, um, you know, I just, that was always a joy for me. And I played piano for when I was seven. I took lessons until when I was 17 and I played the piano for my family singing, and then I learned guitar in college. Whenever we were we were in college during the Vietnam War, and we all learned how to play, you know, "Where Have All the Flowers Gone?" And then, <laughs> of course, you know, we, right, of course. And then, um, my father also told us stories that he made up, and we loved his stories. And he told us a story every Christmas, which is another show we'll have to hold do about storytelling. Every Christmas, he started talking to us. He started telling us a story like two weeks before Christmas about mm-hmm. how we were taken to the North Pole by the elf Timothy. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, it's a great story, and uh, which I do tell. But but that 
You know, I didn't realize till I was older and I started doing this because I was 40 when I started performing for children professionally. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that's where all this came from. Mm-hmm. But it, wow. it was it was what that did for me as a child, mm-hmm. um, that sort of connection and that love when you're in a when you're in a circle like that and everyone's singing. I didn't understand it till I was older. And then when I started doing it for children, I still didn't understand it. And someone said, why do you tell stories? I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie, uh, a movie that was came out years ago called, um, I think it was called Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Oh, I about, remember that one. About yeah. a dad that told stories and, mm-hmm. and they all sounded so bizarre. There's no possible way they could be real. But every, <laughs> every movie has a surprise, right? <laughs> yes. I'm going to have to go watch that now. <laughs> yeah, you need to watch that. It's pretty. So you, you kind of answered my next question I had for you. So you had all this family background and singing and music and all that, but you still you still went to school and learned more music, right? Well, I mean, well no, actually, well, Playing guitar at college was just what everybody did. No, I went to school and did a degree in psychology. My piano teacher wanted me to go to music school, but my uh-huh. parents said no. No, no. Yeah. Because how do you, I had to earn a living doing that, well, right? Yes, yes, that's ex- yes, exactly right. So I went to school and did a degree in psychology, and then I graduated and worked in that field, and then I went back to school to become a nurse, and I was just, you know, playing my guitar for myself and the piano for my husband and when we got married. Yeah, no, music was never in my – so once my parents said no, music was never, like, in my brain to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Until I turned just for almost, personal enjoyment, yes. basically, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And and so being a nurse, where did that fit into your life? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> well, and how did I decide to be? Okay, so my mother was a nurse. Okay. okay. So when we were little kids, we used to wear her nursing cape and her nursing cap, and <laughs> and we used to get doctor kits every time she came back from a nurse kits every time she came back from the hospital with another baby. We got one of those little plastic nurse kits with the candy medicine. Maybe that must have been. <laughs> It was the candy medicine. No, after after I graduated from college and I was working in the field of psychology, and then it sort of became clear that I was going to have to do a master's if I wanted to do anything else. And quite honestly, this is the honest truth. I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I could ever write a thesis. So I think I'll go to nursing school. I mean, <laughs> how does people make these decisions? So I became a psychiatric nurse, but I always would bring my guitar. I worked inpatient psych to the unit and I would do little music circles for the patients, oh, you know, nice. n- you know, mm-hmm. and not even real. Like I wasn't even realizing these things, you know, how they connect. It just kind of kept moving forward with some kind of energy and these thoughts would come into my head. And when I was almost 40, I was like, oh, my passion is music. I'm going to do music. Mm-hmm. And I was still working as a nurse and raising three children, and I used to go sing in preschools. That's how I started. Oh, that's okay. so sweet. I love yeah. that. And mm-hmm. that was that about the same time you started speaking professionally? No. Well, here's I started speaking professionally because after one year of I was living on the East Coast and I was performing at all these preschools. Not performing, sitting down with the twos and the threes and the fours and the infants and singing "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" and telling <laughs> them the stories. That, yeah, the three little pigs. I can come and do that for your grandchildren if you guys got any grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> and and, um, and I was terrified to speak in front of people. But after one year, I got invited to be the keynote speaker at the county preschool association dinner, and they wanted me to do what I did with the children for all these 350 teachers. Oh twinkle, my gosh. twinkle? You're yes, gonna, yes. We're going to sing Twinkle, <laughs> twinkle yes. in front and, of us. Oh, my yes. gosh. 
And I was terror. I said yes, and I got paid. I got to tell you, I thought I was like the cat's meow. They were paying me two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. Okay. And I was like, holy moly! And I said yes, and then I spent like the next three months being nauseous. And when I got there, I had never used a microphone. I had never spoke in front of grown-ups. I had never sung in front of grown-ups. Really, I was so nervous I could not swallow the free dinner. That I got. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. So, so how did you develop your alter ego, this Aunt Lena? I want to hear that story. Yeah, I really want to hear that too. I've, <laughs> I've been very curious about her. Okay, so as I'm, so I'm doing this performing with kids. So then I started performing after that. After that event, I got hired all over Massachusetts to perform at preschools. And then that sort of led me to start performing at elementary schools. And people started asking me to speak at educational conferences about music and storytelling. Wow. But I, I, and it just sort of sort of rolled along. Nothing I thought of. Like, I didn't say, I'm going to be a professional speaker. Right. I just just happened. And then one day I was thinking, you know, I'm not really, there's a piece of me that I am not expressing in my performing. And now you have to understand the father with from Genoa, the mother from Naples, mother's family, big, loud, noisy, rude, obnoxious, father's family, very sweet Italian. <laughs> my, my dad used to say to me, and this is no lie, don't be like your great aunts. Okay. Oh. Okay. He used to say that was like a thing. Okay. Four girls in our family. And he used to like point his finger and say, do not. So I was like, oh, there's this like whole wild part of me I'm not expressing and I think I'll just I'll just sort of put that in my performing and then I was driving home and I was like oh I think I'll be them and I kid you not I went to a thrift store I bought the the dress the outfit that you see Aunt Lena wearing that wonderful house dress and I just started using her not with children but in my speaking and in my performing with adults and she just developed her I mean she just came she came be, alive it sounds came like alive, right and then I got her, <laughs> her glasses and her lipstick and her pocketbook and oh my god dolls <laughs> once Anne Louise let me out of the box I never got back in because truth be told truth be told people love me more than they love her you know she's good she's nice <laughs> Yeah, but I'm the one. I'm the one. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, we want to talk about the audacious joy, but maybe we should go out and break first. Yeah, and then we can yeah. do that uninterrupted. Okay. <laughs> yes, let's, let's do that. So we will take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card. 
that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. our program. We've been talking with Anne-Louise Sterry about the impact of humor and music and directing the paths of our lives. So, all right, let's get back to Aunt Lena. We, she sounds like quite the hoot. And I bet she has something to do with your term audacious joy. Is that right? Well, Dawes, speaking as Aunt Lena, we'll just leave Aunt Louise to decide for the minute. Of course I do. I mean, I am the one who put it in her head because People used to say to her, you're so joyful when you perform. And then when she started thinking like, and when you speak, like, what do I really speak about? That word joy kept coming up. And I said, of course, it's audacious. It's not just about joy because audacious means courageous, no matter what. And that's what I have her talk about. And me too, like Audacious joy, joy no matter what. And dolls, it is the bottom line. No matter how you cut the salami, at the bottom <laughs> is joy, right? You know, and if you don't got that, then what do you got? You got nothing. Puff, we spit on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I can imagine you have your audiences in stitches. I can just imagine. So how did your life before cancer? I mean, how how does how does it change when this cancer thing came into your life a, just a year ago? Yes. Oh, my God. It was December 2017. And Louise is tr- now she's training electronic medical software for a couple of years. Like, how did she get start doing that? We won't even go there. And she had to learn to use a new side of her brain. The um. Uh, what's your engineering kind of side, the technical side, which she never really used before. I always had that, but she didn't. Anyway, so <laughs> she's she's in between contracts. She's got a one week break and she has her mammography. She hasn't had for two years because she's busy. I kept telling her she had to go and they call her back and then you have that goes. Then you, they call you back. They do the mammography. They do the ultrasound. The radiologist comes. You know the whole deal. Right? Oh, you know, yeah. Right? Okay. Very well. Yeah. So, yeah, Becky knows it w- better, more than most better, people right? do. Yeah, exactly. I know, doll. I know. And so she gets a call. She's going to go train. You're going to laugh when I tell you this. She's going to go train in Bend, Oregon at oh. St. Charles. She's going to train <laughs> the oncology doctors and nurses in the oncology software that this this program, this, this program uses, right? That's what she's going to do. And she gets a call on, she's leaving on Sunday. She gets a call on Thursday and the nurse says, you got a pencil? 
And she says, this doesn't sound good. And then they tell her she got the cancer. And she's like, I can't go do this. I, I can't. I got to go. I'm going to bend on a contract. I can't be doing this. She says, maybe Anne Louise says, maybe I could come back next week and go see the surgeon. They're like, no, we really want to get this taken care. She's like, no, I don't. Can I do this over Christmas vacation? I got a two week break. Anne Louise is just like over the top in denial. Nope. She's like in shock. So she stopped training software because she had to have this cancer stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it totally um, it just like was kind of like a little shock. As you know, you guys know, you're just kind of in this weird place of Mm -hmm. what's. What's this? What's this? So I help her by having her sing and write songs about it and and her family's here and she's kind of still in shock. And then she has all the treatments and she's not working of training. And you know what the cancer did for her? It made her realize that something she knew that she was this training of the software, that was just for the money. Right. And you know, who cares about the money? Mm-hmm. you're going to do, you got to do, because she's 67. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidentally. <laughs> Coincidentally. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so I, it, it does change your life. I mean, and, and, you know, we talk about some of the blessings sometimes after you've gone through all this craziness, you know, and you can look back and you can think about how cancer has been a blessing in different parts of your life. And, and I know sometimes it's just, it allows you to slow down long enough to think about these things. You know, why did I get cancer? What am I supposed to do with this experience? How do I use this experience for the good of others? Whatever. Yes. And, and and obviously that's probably what you're going to tell me. I bet. (laughs) Now, speaking as Anne Louise, uh-huh. um, as Anne Louise, at first, I, I have to say that I was in this sort of sh- shock denial place, and then I had the surgery, and I was, I mean, uh, quite honestly, I kind of felt like, a, um, a, um, and you going to your first survivor's luncheon will probably help me with this, I would kind of felt guilty that I did, that I only had to have a lumpectomy. Like, yeah. I felt like, you know what I mean? I felt Wait. like, well, really, this is not so bad. Like, what are you complaining about? Look at all right, these right, other- right, right, right. You right. had cancer light, right? <laughs> yes, I did. I yeah. did. And then I and then because of my age and because of the type of cancer I had, even though they had told me I was going to have to have the seven weeks of radiation, they said, after they got the PATH report back, they said, well, actually, you are, because of your age and the kind of cancer and your ONC score, you can have this new protocol called the Florence Protocol, pretty appropriate because it's from Italy, that's only five high dose sessions. Oh, good, good. So you didn't probably have to go through that burning part of that radiation. <laughs> oh, not really. I had the exhaustion, but I, I did kind of feel like a cancer fraud. I was like, how could I really be, you know, yeah. how, can, how can I really say I had cancer? Look at what other women go through. I mean, I, yeah. okay, I have a little cancer, so what? Yeah. But, which did, um, which did actually, I did go back to work and did another four month contract. And then I said, no, what? And then I was so exhausted. I was like, no, what am I doing? I have to do what I'm passionate about before, you know, I got to keep doing this. And then in December, it was a year, I got a mammography, I had a mammography and I got a call back. And, and then I got the, the whole mammography and the ultrasound. They said there's, there's abnormal things here. And, mm. uh, and then I freaked out. Yeah. Then I freaked out. Then I was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago um, about 
feeling like a cancer fraud. Yeah. You know, there first off, there's no such thing, um, in in our opinion. And when you got that this, you know, when you first heard that there was cancer, I mean, it doesn't matter because when you first hear those words, you don't know what what level, what degree. You don't know any of that. You just hear the words, you have cancer. Right. And that that puts fear into anybody's heart. And you know, a lot of people kind of tell us a similar thing, you know, that they just, they got off light, but you know, they still went through that same fear that all of us go through when we hear those words, you have cancer. And so, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I totally do. And, but I want to, I want to give you that assurance that you are part of our sisterhood. You're not a fraud. Right. I just wanted to say that. Because I did feel like that, and I thank you so much, Becky and and Sharon. It wasn't until, and I did feel like that, so I didn't even think about speaking about, uh, you know, I didn't even think about use, uh, pu- putting, uh, whatever, helping people in that way, because I felt like I was a fraud until- You didn't, I, you didn't suffer enough. No, you're right, and I'm Italian, and you got to suffer, dog. you got to suffer. <laughs> you got to suffer, or you're not going to go to heaven. <laughs> For sure. I mean, that's for sure. Anyway, so, so I, I love how you just go in and out of that so easy. <laughs> My husband's afraid I'm going to stay in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can imagine. You know, what's so funny to me is your dad told you don't be like your aunts. And so you uh-huh. became exactly. Like yes, her. exactly. Exactly. So I. When when I had when I had this this thing in December when I got the call back then then and only then did I say oh like I didn't even consider myself a survivor it was like oh I had this done right. we're done with that I didn't even consider myself that until I had this call back and then I was like oh my god you yeah. are you are number one a survivor and you did have cancer sweetie pie like yeah. get a grip um, yes so. Uh, it was it was very interesting. So it has changed in that way. It's like I'm doing what I'm back to do. I'm back to doing full time what my passion is, and now I'm going to be able to bring it, um, hopefully, to lots and lots and lots of women. The the joy, the humor, the silliness, the, the reasons, the things that help me. Um, yeah. 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 Well, it's, we have a lot of people who go through that same kind of feeling. In fact, our office manager, um, when we first met her, I mean, I've had to slap her around several times because she, (laughs) she will, she will say, figuratively, obviously, uh, (laughs) um, you know, oh, I just went through XYZ. It's like, it was cancer, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not, you know, you, you heard the same words that Becky and I heard, you know, it's not just cause you were fortunate and the system worked for you. You know, yeah. do, I'm sure you think about this because you had gone two years without a mammogram. What if you hadn't found time? Oh. Oh right. My God. Yeah. Exactly. And oh, it was another year later. Right. And and so those are those kinds of situations. You know, I believe those are um, kind of in the stars or in God's hands. And and it's I think it's an important thing to think about, because obviously you were supposed to go through this because it is part of your story. But at the same time, uh, hopefully it's not something that's going to be as devastating as it is for some women. Yes. And I agree. And I agree with you. I was something what you know, why did I finally go? I was like, oh, I have one week off. I'll go. I mean, I was because I wasn't really worried about and my mother, by the way, had breast cancer when she was 60. And she's 90, almost 92. So I and they don't they it's not they. I don't have the gene. I mean, that's not an issue. But still, she did have it. But I was 
oh, like, I don't need to go for a mammography. Like, who cares? You know, but something yeah. came into my head. Probably, probably I did. Aunt Lena, me, and I told Dan Louise, get in it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Becky, I think you had some questions, didn't you? Yeah, I, I want to hear how you kind of transitioned from hearing this news, going through the treatment, and how did you cope? I, when we talked before, you mentioned that music was one of the ways that you coped with all of this. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I would love to. So so the first thing was our daughter, who's a school guidance counselor, like the very next um, week I was performing at her school, and she said to me, well, Mom, you're going to write a song about this, aren't you? Because I'm a songwriter. And I said, oh, I guess I will. So I started thinking about that. But then at the same time, I had written this song for children, because I was performing in October in California at a whole bunch of schools, called Feel Good Now. I wanted to write an uplifting, like, upbeat song for kids that had words in it that they could hold on to. So I wrote this song called Feel Good Now. So I started singing that chorus to myself every single day, every single day. And and um, that, like the words of that chorus, I'm going to feel good now. And it says, I'm going to feel good now because you know I know how. Mm. And I just started singing that to myself every day. Then I wrote this song about cancer that I got up and sang at open mics in Portland. And it, I don't know. I mean, there's something about music. Well, music changes your brain. Mm-hmm. Music is your endorphins. It does all those things we want to do it changes your brain state mm-hmm. and and that is a good thing so do you sing as Ann louise or as aunt lena i sing as Ann louise though aunt lena has written a song or two herself <laughs> that she does <laughs> well i'm going to ask you to be brave with us for a moment and i'm going to ask you if you would mind or be willing to maybe sing us a little phrase or that your favorite part of the song whatever just give us a little sample a little taste Oh, you never have to really convince a singer to sing. <laughs> <laughs> that is That's, so true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so I'll sing you. I'll sing you just uh, the chorus of "Feel Good Now" because then you guys can be singing it too. And our audience, our audience, you guys sing this to yourself all the time. Now, can you hear my guitar? Yes. Yes. It's really simple. How many chords does it have? Three. See, we could learn that. <laughs> yes, you could learn that. I could teach you this song so easily. I'm gonna feel good now, feel good now, feel good now, cause you know I know how. That's the whole chorus. You got it right now, right? You ready? You can yep. sing with me. <laughs> I'm gonna feel, feel good, good now. now, feel, feel good. good now. I don't know if we're singing together. <laughs> You're being my ex. Cause you know I know how. So that's that the chorus of that song which by the way is now in nashville uh, several publishers have it they're pitching it for a national ad just that chorus oh i love it so that's what i sang to myself and then the other one that i wrote um for for the cancer um the do we have time for me to sing a little bit of that sure yep because sure. is that how well, aunt lena would say sure <laughs> she would say, and actually, she, I got a little song, dolls. Just I got a little song called "I Want to Wait with Some Water" that teaches you how to talk like me. But we probably have to do that for another show. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. This one is the um, really kind of like the story. But I'm just going to sing you the first verse in the chorus. One rainy Monday morning, my day was going well. Phone rings, I answer. The day is shot to hell 
funny how a few words send you down the rabbit hole. No matter what, you gotta let it go. Not gonna let this take me down. I'm gonna stand on solid ground. I'm standing strong and holding on. Gonna let it go. So I sang that chorus to myself all the time. Well, Not good I love for it. you. Good for yeah. you. Thank you for sharing. That was amazing. Oh, you're welcome. I, I would love to share share this with millions of women. Or again, in cancer, men too, cancer survivors. But yes. So that, <laughs> that is what though. So that is what I sang to myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we do actually have time in this segment for some little song from Aunt Lena. Oh. You, got, you got one more you could do? Just a little what? short. Just a little yes. short bit. <laughs> of course. Okay, so dolls, here's the thing. So, Anne Louise, you're going to ask her probably about like other tips, t- tools, and things she did to help herself through this that yes. she can share. One of the ones is um, about being, res- she's going to say in her words, being responsible for your own feelings and your responses and your actions. Because when you are responsible for that, it, it, you got the power, right? You don't right. got to be the victim. So I say, the way I say it, I say you got to make your own gravy because in my family, spaghetti gravy, we call gravy sauce. You guys call fancy sauce. We call gravy, right? Okay. <laughs> A lot of Italians call gravy, call gravy. So you got, so in my family, you got to make your own gravy because if you don't make it, you take it from the jar. I'll give you the recipe. I got a cookbook. You make it for, from the jar for the can. Then you have no respect for yourself or any, or the people you're serving. See, that's what my family says. So I say. If you got to be responsible for your life, you got to make your own gravy. And here's how it goes. Are you ready? You're going to sing it with me in a second. It goes like this. So simple. You got to make your own gravy. You got to make your own gravy. You got to make your own gravy. Because ain't nobody going to do it for you. And then everybody <laughs> can sing, right? And then you can say you got to make your own joy, right? You got to yep. make your own Okay, and then you can go on and on and on, and it will get stuck in your head. Can sing it all day long. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that so cute. much. I, <laughs> love, I love that, that <laughs> metaphor. Make your own gravy. Yeah, yes. that's true. a good one. You gotta make your own gravy. I love yes. it. Yeah. Well, we are going to go out to break, and when we come back, we're going to hear some wonderful expertise and wisdom from Aunt Lena on how to get through this this diagnosis called cancer, and we are so looking forward to that. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield. 
and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. We've been talking to Anne Louise Sterry or Aunt Lena, depending on when, <laughs> about the uh, impact of humor and music and directing the paths of our lives. So let's just kind of pick up where we left off here. And you told us that you speak about audacious joy being so important for living a life of health, hope, and joy. Did this work? After your diagnosis, how, how did you deal with it? <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> that is, thank you. That is a great question because here I am. So I learned these things uh, through going some, through some very hard times of my in my life and doing a lot of work with changing your brain patterns and changing your neural networks, which is changing the words you tell yourself about your life. And I spent a lot of time, like probably four years studying and being in a, sort of a program to, le- to learn this. And But then after that one hard time, like I didn't really have to you. Use it. Do you know what I mean? I, mean, I spoke about it and I kind of thought did it, but kind of not all the time. And then when this came, it's like, okay, girl, you better stand up and you better practice what you preach mm-hmm. because this is not, I mean, this is, it was real then. And then you kind of let it go and it's real now. Mm-hmm. So the, the things, so it actually did helped me and it it made me realize again that this is so important so the things I'm going to talk tell you about and um, Aunt Lena of course has her own way of telling them so I could tell you Aunt, how Aunt Lena says it but oh please yes perfect yes so, so, <laughs> right, so, see everybody wants her okay of course <laughs> of course dolls everybody wants me I mean look at me I'm gorgeous you got my picture on there Becky yeah. you know, right? okay, well, I'm gorgeous I mean what are you going to say totally so, totally so um, here's the thing so first of all the big thing because the brain research shows us that you can change your neural networks. You can disconnect neural networks that make us unhappy or angry or sad or feel. You can disconnect those networks and you can make new ones that support a life of health and happiness and joy and hope. And the way you do it is you've got to change the words you tell yourself or change your story. Because here's the thing. Your brain can only hold one thought at a time, even though we think it can hold a lot. No. One thought. And so the thing is, why not make it a good thought right? instead of a bad thought? Because if you make it a good thought, you're going to feel better. And if you feel better, your endorphins get released and your hormones get better and everything gets better. So why not do that? But lots of us like to choose the bad thought because that's what we were taught, you know? 
it's you got to be stressed. You got to be angry. You got to be mad. You, I mean, that's what we're taught in a lot of cases. And then the culture kind of does the same thing. But you don't have to do that. And once you know that, here's the thing. You really can't go back. Because once you know that and you start practicing it, changing the words you tell yourself every time you're telling yourself bad thoughts, best you can. You can't be perfect, but best you can. Once you know that, then when you start telling yourself bad thoughts, you got to say, okay, I'm taking responsibility for telling myself bad thoughts. I'm not making my gravy. I'm choosing this. See what I mean? You got to right. choose. So that's one that's really important. Anne Louise, Anne Louise struggled with that, but I got to, well, like you said, I got to smack her upside the head. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's what it takes. You got to get that (laughs) smack to say, girl, screw your head back on and stop it. So that's something. And so she had to start practicing that basically every single day, all the time. And if you hold a good thought for 17 seconds, you start feeling better. You get more good thoughts. Sounds simple. You can do it no matter where you are in the world, but it's true. It's the truth. And that changes your neural network. So you got to practice it and know you're not going to be perfect, but it works. So that's one thing. Now, All the other things come from that. So you're changing your story, changing the words you tell yourself. You're not going to be a victim anymore of anything, not just your cancer, everything else in your life. That's what we talked about before. Other things, now cancer. Now, another thing I say, you got to make nice, even if they're your family. And Louise, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because you know what I mean, right? You know what I mean. Yeah. See, everybody knows that. So, and Louise says you you got to be kind, but let's just get down to the brass tacks. you got to make nice because making nice makes you feel better. It's all about you. Okay. It makes <laughs> you feel better. Right. And when you feel better, other people feel better too. So I, and then your endorphins, the whole thing, and you're changing your neural, neural network. So here's like when I go to the airport, especially on the East coast where they're kind of cranky, you know, in that New York, New Jersey area, and you go check in and the person's looking at you, they won't even smile. So I do simple things like the smile game. I smile at them. Hi, dolls. Hi, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to Oregon. Hi, dolls. <laughs> keep smiling. You know, you got to keep smiling. And then they smile. They have to. And it's a victory for the side of health and happiness and joy. Yeah. So it's you, contagious. <laughs> it's contagious. So, like, uh-huh. do you know they say that grownups only smile, like, a little, a few times a day. Children smile, like, 300 times a day. You got to, like, do these things. Smile. Like, be a, look in the mirror. Some people think they're smiling. They're not. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, seen uh-huh. that. Yeah. yeah, you've seen that, right? Okay, so that's I, I. I know we don't have so much time, so I don't want to like spend a lot of time. But make nice and be kind. It sounds these things they sound so simple, but they work and they're true and they don't cost nobody no money, right? I mean, I could make the big bucks if I like made a program and gave you something, did all this stuff for you and said, you got to buy this, you got to buy that. No, you just got to do it yourself. Now, let's see. And I love what you said about it being simple, but just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. That's right. And that's what was happening to Anne Louise. So she Mm -hmm. had to start doing this all day long, all over again, all over again, all over. And and then that other thing is, let me think, we got change your story. We got be kind. Now, there's something else she talks about. And dang, if I can remember it right now. Do you have it in your papers there? Did I tell you what it was? Uh, oh no. my gosh, it's all it's old age brain. Okay, no, you gotta be responsible. Yeah, and you got and, and then you gotta be laughing. Okay. Now I know you I know you guys talk about laughing, but laughing also changes the brain. And I've been reading about this guy, Dr. Hmm, I forget his name, Van. He's from India and he does laughter yoga. And he found out that laughing, you don't gotta laugh at something. 
you just laugh and your body has the same physiological reaction. Can you believe that? So you can just like laugh to yourself, like driving the car. If you see me driving down the road, like laughing hysterically in the car, that's just because I'm just laughing to make myself feel better. So you can do that too. Laughing and anything at nothing changes your brain waves. So you got to make nice. You, you got to be responsible for yourself and make your own gravy. And you got to, and you got to change the words you tell yourself and wrapped up in that is smiling and laughter and music because all of these things change your brain state. But the biggest one I think to start with, if you are feeling kind of glum is change the words you're telling yourself. Right. That's so true. So I have to ask, Mm -hmm. have you created a song about kindness for children? That's kind of like this thing I noticed that, you know, is, is lacking, I guess, if you will. Yes, well, yes. And it, yes. Starts, it starts as we're young being kind to people rather than being snarky. Well, yeah, as Anne Louise uh, speaking now for the moment. Um, yes, yeah, so in the song Feel Good Now, the first verse is um, you got to be so kind to yourself and your friends. You gotta, you're going to spread that kindness till it never ends. So oh, I put good. Oh, good. words like this. Then I have a song called... Um, no place for hate. And actually, that's just the chorus that goes, and it would be, do I have a minute to sing it? Uh, 30 seconds. Um, sure. Our world, so you could say, for children, I would say school. In our school, there's no place for hate. No place for hate. In our school, we make room for kindness. We choose kind. No place, no space. No room for hate. No place, no space, no room for hate. No place, no space, no room for hate. Oh, love it. Oh, that love is it. Wonderful. You know, I, I have so to tell tr- you guys something just real quick. My husband just sent me a text, two texts, actually. He says, great show. I want to see your guest perform. And then he wants Aunt Luna, Luna, he wrote Luna, Aunt Lena, <laughs> uh, to sing with him. He's got a persona called Cowboy Bill, and he does shows at retirement homes, and he wants to sing with you at one of his performances. Oh, so. isn't that great? I love yeah, it. He's upstairs listening right oh. now. So, <laughs> Hi, honey. <laughs> so, so, Becky doll, let me just tell you, sometimes when men sing with me, they just go wild, and they just want to be with me. And I'm always looking, not to say, looking for another husband, just to say, you got to be, don't, don't don't be worried, though. I promise I won't take him from you. <laughs> promise I won't take him from you, but it is a it is a possibility. But anyway, yeah, tell him I would love him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Aunt yeah, Lena yeah. is pretty darn. Uh, yeah, yeah, she is. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very sexy lady. I just, yeah, yeah just all over you. <laughs> before we get, before we run out of time, are there any other tools, tips, or strategies that, that we should think about I know you've covered quite a few so if you don't have any more that's good but I just want to make sure we haven't forgotten anything you know I want to just say that um there's a book called oh god now I can't remember the name of it this is twin this is twin Nona brain I can't remember anything um but it basically it's saying like you can choose like one little tiny thing that you choose let's say you choose not to have a good thought in your head every day like for the day it's just the day but if you keep doing it it becomes your life. So those little tiny, like, you know, you eat a piece of cake one day, no big deal. You eat a piece of cake every single day, that's 10 pounds. And you know what I mean? It's just that one, the slight edge, the book. Mm -hmm. And it just talks about that. It's like, it's, it seems easy. It seems simple. The things I talked about, but if you 
don't do them, it makes a huge impact negatively. And if you do do them, it makes an a huge impact positively and the and the hard part of it is you guys that I know for myself personally is that it's your responsibility mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I love it well I have to ask you a question because we are going to have to end here pretty soon but I don't want to go off the air without asking you to talk about your retreat in Italy you do this retreat in Italy and I actually went on the website and looked at it and it's like mm-hmm. oh my gosh that just looks so awesome so why don't you just take like less than 60 seconds and tell us very quickly what this retreat is and how people can can get access to it. Thank you. Okay, it's 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 a songwriting creativity retreat. It's one whole week at this amazing villa. I am leading it plus another musician song recording guy called Peter who's amazing. He's Irish. My husband Bob who's a poet is going to be sort of the person who makes sure everything goes well. We're having our own chef. It's the luxurious accommodations and it's to give the people that come just the space. They don't have to cook, they don't have to make their beds, they don't have to do anything but find their creative pieces and if it's not songwriting it could be just writing prose it could be poetry could be knitting whatever and it's I'm going to present in the morning and then you're going to have the afternoon to explore and then we're going to have these amazing dinners and I want you to come oh sounds fabulous (laughs) and the the website for that is is okay www.musicalventuresinternational.com very good. And thank you for saying that slowly. Some people just rattle off a website and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, what did they just say? So that's great. And I know that you're going to probably talk about Audacious Joy at that retreat, I'm assuming. And, and and because that's because audacious creativity is part of audacious joy. That's part of bringing you joy. And of course, Aunt Lena is going to be there. Like, uh, of duh. Of course. Yeah. So I, let me see if I get this. Um, so Anne Louise is married, but Aunt Lena is looking for a new husband. Okay, right. I just wanted to <laughs> just wanted to specify that there that there's something hey, going on there. Okay, I, cool. I can appreciate that. Uh, yeah, there's a part of all of us that would be. <laughs> well, we we are down to our last minute, ladies. So we have to wrap this up, but. Aunt Louise, Aunt Lena, I have to thank you both for coming and being on our show today. It was absolutely um, wonderful. Our, our engineer just wrote, can this show not end? Oh, you guys. <laughs> thank you. That's quite a compliment, Aaron. Thank you. So we want to thank you so much for, for being a guest on our show today. You brightened my day for sure. It's snowing outside. We've got roofers coming over to finish a roof, and, and I don't know how they do that in the snow, but whatever. Anyway, um, for all of you listening to our show, if you love what you're hearing, please go to breastfriends.org. Click on the big blue button at the top of the page and make a donation in support of this show or any of the programs that Breast Friends offers. We've been at this for 19 years. We've only done the show for three, but um, we are donor supported. So please consider doing that. And we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program.